This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Rasul Douglas. You're listening to the Go Birds podcast. Hello, everybody. It is a Friday afternoon as we are recording this. It's not that pretty outside. It's actually a little overcast, but the Eagles do have a day off, but they stay busy as they sign Jonathan Cyprian, former Jaguar, former Tennessee Titan, former guy that is kind of like Corey Graham in a sense that he can't really cover, but he can hit really well. Plenty of uh, stuff to get into with that because I know there was a lot of questions surrounding safety depth and the man on the ground yesterday, of course, Elliot Shore Parks, I'm sure, who has got his uh, hair beautifully quaffed and the headphones are not affecting uh, that quaff in, in any regard. Am I right on that, E? Well, needless to say, in the studio, always got it to the back so it doesn't touch the hair. But I got I got AirPods about a month ago, like one of the best decisions I ever made. Excellent. So don't have to worry about it. Now, don't you lose those things? Like, I'm always afraid that I because I lose, you know, the regular wired ones all the time. So, like, how do you not lose your AirPo- uh, AirPods? What's your trick? Well, here's the thing. How does the wire stop you? Like, what's the difference between having the wire and not having it in terms of losing it? Because I can, like, wrap it around a bigger thing, like my phone at the end of the day, and make sure that it's attached and it's ready to go. Are you really wrapping it around? I don't know. No, I, I am. So I am. I, before yeah. I had them, before I had them, I always thought, oh, I'm just going to lose them. And I've had them for a month now, and I have it. And, like, I don't know. I just, I was very skeptical from the second they came out. I was like, nah, I shouldn't buy them. They will, they'll, look, they'll come out of my ears when I'm running. Like, I'll probably lose them. But a month in, it's probably the best, like, tech, uh, de- best, like, technological purchase I've made wow. in recent memory. And they are amazing. They're, they're and they're not even sponsoring right? this. So it's a free, <laughs> free, uh, free ad. Well, uh, the, uh, maybe I'll, maybe you've changed my mind. Who knows? Who knows? I just uh, feel uncomfortable. Do, do it. 200 bucks for something that tiny. I might as well get regular $200 headphones instead of the small Bluetooth ones. He, ne- uh, neither here nor there as, uh, yeah, there is. There's a lot of people trying to interpret the Jonathan Cyprian signing here, e, and uh, my first instinct was, okay, they're probably not that happy with fourth safety right now. Uh, they want somebody else in the mix just to kind of get a look at it. Uh, Blake Countess has been banged up the last couple of days. Um, I believe he was out there the last two practices before this, though. So uh, I think this is just a, you know, we took a look at him. He's uh, coming off of an ACL injury. We're going to throw him in there and see what he can do and figure it out after that. Uh, is is there anything that we should be reacting to besides that from the signing? So there was a couple of initial thoughts I had when they made the signing. The first was this isn't good news for Ange- uh, Andrew Sandejo because if they cut him, they very likely will end up getting an additional fourth-round compensatory pick. So that was my initial thought. But then I thought about it a little further and said, well – the Eagles have never really shown they value draft picks, and they've also shown that they're going all in on this year. So I don't think that this really speaks to cutting Sendejo. I mean, Sendejo has been getting first-team reps with McLeod out. So unless – and he's looked fine to me. I mean, it's kind of hard to judge safety play in general, let right. alone in training camp. But he's looked like he's been okay to me, and they clearly like him if they're putting him up there with the first-team defense over guys like Trey Sullivan who have been here. And I just don't think that – they would value what's really a fifth-round draft pick because it comes after all the fourth-round picks, uh, the compensatory pick does, 
really they would value that over Sandeo. So I don't think that's it. Um, the backup safeties they have currently, like Sullivan, DeAndre Hall, Blake Countess, I don't think they've done anything to impress one way or the other. Uh, so I kind of think this, the Cyprian signing speaks to the fact that this team values veteran guys over young guys, and they want guys they feel that can contribute right away. Yep. And I think that Cyprian, even coming off an injury, is more of a short thing than DeAndre Hall, Trey Sullivan, and maybe Blake Countess. You could debate Blake Countess, but Cyprian was really good before he got hurt. And at the end of the day, kind of like what you said, he's a better 90th guy to have than some random undrafted dude that's definitely not going to make the team. Like maybe Cyprian comes in and is a bust, but or he comes in and he's the guy that had like 100 plus tackles a few years in a row. So I, I like the signing. Yeah, I do too. I think it just kind of creates a little more more options, which is what we've all been asking at the at the safety position coming into the draft. I know a lot of people wanted to stay younger and Nasir Adderley was a big name and things like that. So to East Point, like it's not like they don't care about it. Um, I just think this is something that they would need and need to take a look at for you know the future. And we know what happened last year and all due respect to Trey Sullivan, it's just uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that either. I was never a big Blake, Blake Countess fan uh, when he was drafted here, when he you know went to L.A., and now that he's back. I don't know if Cyprian's ever returned anything. I don't think he has, so that kind of leaves him out of any any of those roles on special teams. Uh, Sendejo, I think, has been playing special teams uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, at least on you know return teams and kickoff teams and things like that. So, And, and to Elliot's point, I thought – Sandeo has been playing really well, like just just on, you know, that you see some other kind of uh, will linebacker spots with Sandejo. I like that he's down there. And this is the Cyprian's kind of the same way. And I had this theory a little bit ago, uh, Elliot, like uh, at the beginning of the month. And this is something I tweeted out. I feel as though the NFL has already declared the running backs are not as valuable anymore and if you're really trying to establish the run you're an idiot like that's just in this day and age you got to throw the football so uh the discussion is always that's an ongoing thing between a lot of analytical and film people and I'm obviously on the side of listen running backs do matter uh but you can't pay them a ton because it's just you know (laughs) and then show everybody the Los Angeles Rams exactly exactly (laughs) and you don't even need an effective running game for uh play action to be effective anymore so when I look at this and I go, well, then that really devalues linebackers, you know, even more so than running backs. And we've seen the the safety wheel linebacker come in, but I I wouldn't be shocked if you're gonna, you know, see a lot more safeties than linebackers moving forward, not including like maybe even a Sam safety if that's a thing mm-hmm. that somebody just created. And I think that's part of what's happening here too because the Eagles right now and I'm sure this is happening around the league as we speak like 12 personnel is the new advantage here and and a lot of people don't have two really good tight ends but that will force teams into base more than it will nickel so if you have to have a base coverage now uh, with facing 12 personnel you're gonna want safeties you're not gonna want an extra linebacker back there you would rather have like you mm-hmm. know uh, so I, I I think that's what this is a counter move to uh, that's in the back of my mind you know we talk about depth we talk about all these things I think if you take one less linebacker and one more safety and you put them in these positions you will probably see those a lot more um, I don't know if that's happening right now but yeah I gotta believe that that safeties are kind of trending towards the new linebacker and they have been for a little bit now yeah, and the Eagles are certainly a team that seems to believe that when you consider that two of their top three linebackers are former safeties with Kamu Grugia-Hill and Nate Geary. Yes. Um, I do I do think you'll see Cyprian come in on third down. Might kind of be his role, like if he's healthy, if he looks good in camp, makes the team and all that. Uh, really quickly, would you consider him a lock? No, I, I don't consider – I don't – just for the How record. How close to a lock would you say? Uh, uh, 30, 40% lock, I guess. Okay, I'm more like 65-ish. Interesting. But, uh, okay. Neither of us think he's a lock. But the um, thing I was going to say is so I think you'll see him come in on third down. Uh, you know, like you said, take a linebacker field, put him in. But the one interesting part of this is last year we saw a lot more teams do what you said, right? Like the Chargers played a ton of defensive backs and not a lot of linebackers. The Packers did it. Um, part of that was out of necessity. necessity. I do actually think one of my main takeaways from a week into training camp is I think – 
the Eagles linebackers are a lot better than people give them credit for. I Absolutely. think they have a pretty talented, interesting group there. But you also saw in the playoffs that when they played the Patriots, and I do think in some ways when you play the Patriots, you can't really apply that logic to playing any other team. But you saw the Patriots just kind of like run all over the Chargers because they were so small because they had so many defensive backs. So I do wonder in terms of a larger NFL trend, how that will end up happening. Not so much to the Eagles specifically, but just if you do play, you know, six defensive backs, you do leave yourself susceptible to the run. Now, the Eagles have a really good defensive tackle group, which would help against the run. But let me ask you this. So when they signed Cyprian, and I'm thinking of all these things and what you just mentioned, how they can use him in a lot of different roles, like – is Jim Schwartz, in your opinion, a creative defensive coordinator? Uh, creative? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think he is, and especially with blitzes, he is not that. He is not like an, this exotic <laughs> guy where you're, like he tells you it's going to be double A gap pressure and, and try and stop it sometimes. I mean, you'll see some stunts every now and again. What Jim Schwartz, I think, likes to do is the same thing that we've always seen. He And I want to point out, and not that I'm saying – He's completely right, but just in terms of his philosophy, he said this week he literally he does not care about yards. He doesn't, and 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 that's more of that must have been music to your. Oh, ears. it's just like yes, of course, of course, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is um, uh, the way to keep things as simple as possible. He wants his guys up front to get it done. He needs his corners to play off and not let up big touchdowns. And hopefully when the when the room squeezes together, there's enough pass rush and enough time uh, to, you know, limit to punt, field goals, whatever. And it's up to the offense to keep things moving along. I don't think he's creative. I think he's I, I but I, I think he's smart. Like, I think it's smart when it comes to the yeah. defense, even though we still question picket fences. And even though it's, you know, he's given up a game playing that way. And I would still argue that Corey Graham is the one that, that gave it up. So that's still on the coach for personnel purposes and whatever. But, um, I think he's smart and I think he knows like, I'm, why am I going to be try and beat my head in of trying to come up with this enormously badass defense when I really don't completely have the 85 bears in front of me. So I'm just going to play the game and hopefully the offense um, can score 24 points. I think that's what his philosophy is. Because I, I was thinking, you know, like Cyprian, if he is what he was prior to the injury, big if, and, you know, obviously missed a full year, and then a good portion of the year before that. So, but in theory, he is kind of like a, a weapon in a way. You can line him up all over the field. Uh, you can do different things with them. Then I was thinking like, eh, Schwartz is just going to line him up with the rest of the defensive backs in the picket fence formation. <laughs> like, you know, he's probably not going to move him around that much. And I think you've seen that. <laughs> you've seen that with Schwartz. Like, he doesn't really make great adjustments i don't think so i mean he basically just caught hopes his front four causes pressure and then he leaves his uh uh you know defensive backs basically out on an island a lot of times yeah so i do think uh cyprian will help i mean to be clear i think schwartz is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league i just don't really think being creative and like you know a trendsetter is, is kind of his style so i think cyprian will come in he'll probably be a defensive back if healthy they can count on that has experience and again like it just speaks to this team is all in on this year. This yes. team is going for it this year. How, you don't have Jonathan Cyprian on the roster if they do keep him. You don't have him on the roster if you're like looking at 2020 and 2021. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's kind of where – who do you think is a trendsetter in the NFL right now defensively? Because the only guy that I can come up with is Vic Fangio. Um, I don't I don't see that there's like – Yeah, he had a lot of talent though. I mean, Oh, he does. He's got a lot of talent in Denver too. So it's just going to be like – I, I don't I don't know. Well, and he did a lot of great things in San Francisco. Now that I'm thinking about, I mean, like he he is to me probably one of the most creative defensive minds. And granted, it's a three four, and it's a completely different philosophy. But um, uh, I I don't know who is creative right now. I, like that that should yeah, be the well, first I thing mean, out of our tongue, but it's not anymore. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mentioned the Chargers and the Packers, what they did last year right. with using. You know, six defensive backs a lot of the time. That was somewhat trend trend setting. I mean, that was partially due to injury as well. Uh, Gus Bradley with the Chargers, obviously one of the better defensive minds, I guess I would say. Although ever since being listed as a potential Eagles head coach, it seems like his career is kind of like <laughs> falling apart a little. Definitely yeah. a bit of a resurgence. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, another one of my big takeaways heading into the season, and this you've kind of always said this, but like. Really, all that matters is if you can throw the ball. Like, yeah. the defense 
is is important in a lot of ways, but the good offenses are always going to beat good defenses. You even saw that in the Eagles playoff game, right? Like the Eagles went in and because they had a better offensive head coach than the Bears did, they won the game. Like the defense almost didn't matter. And I know yeah. the double doink, they almost lost all that. End of the day, they went in and they beat them. So I, I think that when you project and we talk about the Eagles issues and we'll certainly get into it when we talk about the 53-man roster, at the end of the day, this team's going to be good if Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz get the job done. That's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And that's a, it's, it's always what it comes down to with every other single team. That's why it's not like um, no, one's, no one's concerned about like Khalil Mack for the Bears. They 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 need Mitchell Trubisky to fucking throw the right. football. Like it's not even. I a, mean, last year, last year in the playoffs, all we heard all week was, "Man, Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack." The Eagles just like game plan slightly different, and he was almost a complete non-factor in that yes, game. Yeah. Move to the right. <laughs> okay, cool. Now, yeah, now and what? That was yeah. it. Now he's done. <laughs> uh, and again, not to say that it doesn't make a big impact, but you got to come. You got to come from everywhere. It can't just be like one defensive end is not more valuable than throwing right. a football. Like nothing's more valuable than throwing a football. It's unfortunate that like and fortunate, I guess. I mean, the game's fun, but it's it's not. Not what we grew up with as kids, certainly. If you can even remember back that far, and I like, tr- here's here's what I want to tell you. If 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 you're kind of skeptical on some of this stuff, I want you to find every and and find a niche, find a two hour window or just a, a half an hour. Turn on anything from 2000 to 2010, any full game that you can see. Look at the formations that they're running on offense and. And tell me if that would even work right now. Like, the game has changed so much in nine years. 2010, mm-hmm. 2009, 8, 7. That is not long ago. It's a completely different game. And guess what? It's almost unwatchable at some points. Like, I, you, uh, in the late 90s, people were obsessed with split back. You don't see that at all. Like, it does not exist. And Andy Reid was obsessed with that. Like, the whole West Coast offense was was kind of built on that. And it just... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, can't, I can't watch it that's anymore. That's kind of why, like you, I mean, we can debate how much the players list of the top 100 guys matters, but regardless, like Aaron Donald, I get that he's very, very good, obviously. He's one of the best defensive linemen, probably the best defensive lineman in the league. He's not the best player in the NFL. Like if there was, if there was a draft where all of the teams were available and, and all the teams could, you know, do like a redraft of the whole league, like would Aaron Donald even be a top 10 pick? Uh, for a team that has a quarterback, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yes. I'm saying if, yeah. there, if there was no roster, oh, if there's no like roster it was just at all, complete redraft of the league. Yeah. Um, no, because there'd be ten quarterbacks that go. Right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, the idea that he's the best player in the league, I think, is kind of silly. Just like Carson's not the 96th best player in the league. Right. But. Right. Exactly. Uh, another day. <laughs> we um uh Elliot was uh was uh, was on the ball a couple of days ago and kind of launched the first version of the the 53-man roster and then kind of uh, even doubled down on that again today. You can go read at 94wip.com slash go birds. But why don't you tell me uh, what uh, what you see out there, man? I mean, this is uh, – and, and granted, is this the same way that you, you based off of just like who's out there right now, right? This isn't, this isn't guys no, so that this have been is, using time. This is my – this is my 53 man. So I'll go okay, I'll go good. over each position with you and I'll, and I'll toss you what the, I think the biggest question in each position is when I was making these decisions. Okay, beautiful. So all right, first one, quarterback, obviously they're keeping Wentz and Sudfeld. Clayton Thorson. Do you think Clayton Thorson clears waivers? Uh I don't. I don't. Why? Um I think that there's a lot of people that had him on his board at, you know, wherever and uh, if he shows kind of any any semblance in any preseason game people are going to uh, snag him up I don't think he makes it through waivers so I think every year we convince ourselves that someone's not going to make it through waivers yeah and then they always and then they always do <laughs> so when I, now I do think the fact he's a quarterback changes things because yeah. like you mentioned and we just talked about quarters quarterbacks are valued more and although Thorson has looked really bad, yes. he did have a good practice um, on God. What's today? On a, on a, on Thursday, and uh, he had three touchdowns. So that was obviously good for him to see. He's showing slight signs of improvement. That being said, he is far away from being able to go into a game. And I wonder if another team is going to pick him up, having not worked with him all off season. I also think he might not get a ton of reps in the preseason to try to hide him a little. Yeah. Um, so I didn't put him on my fifty three. I think he clears I think he clears waivers. So I think the Eagles only go with two quarterbacks. Okay. What's uh what's happening with uh oh Cody's Cody's made the team at that point, he's just not active. 
No, Cody, they only have two quarterbacks on their oh, roster. Oh, to, two total. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. That's my guess. I, okay. Yeah. I, I would uh, assume that somebody is, even if it's not Clayton, there will be a there will be a quarterback on the practice squad. So, um, Well, it'll definitely yeah. be Clayton. I think Clayton will be on the practice squad. Okay. Um, but I, I think you can make an argument for Cody Kessler just because of Wentz's injury history and Nate has never really played. Like, Cody's not that good, but he's been here all offseason. Yep. He knows the offense. He's familiar with the coaching staff, all those things. I, I'd, like to make um, a, I'd like to make a quick prediction on Clayton's future. If he does get cut, he will be a New York Giant. Guaranteed. Guaranteed cool. he goes there and uh, and it's, it works out with them. That's that if he gets if he gets cut. But all well, right. I can guarantee you nothing will ever work out with the New York Giants <laughs> as long as Gettleman and Pat Shermer are running the show. So if I'm Clayton, I'm staying as yeah. far away from that as I possibly all right. can. All right, running back. So uh, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Darren Sproles, all locks. Uh, do you think the Eagles keep four or five running backs? And if so, who do you think they are? I think it's. Four, um, and uh, I I think that it, yeah I would just find it so weird if Corey Clement is not here, and I've tried That's how I feel. I've gone back and forth and many times like listen Wendell's there and Wendell once again has had a strong camp he's practicing his ass off and I think uh, Elliot I think didn't you comment that during the live tackling drills when it's actually live he's the only one that really gets hit. <laughs> Yeah, it's just live hitting is basically it should just be called like hitting Wendell Smallwood. Like that's basically what the live hitting session is. And occasionally Josh Adams. Yeah, shots to a fly 64, but I know it's just keep keep hanging on, man. I, pr- I promise, I promise it will pay off soon and you can celebrate all the Wendell Smallwood receipts and retweets and all this stuff. Yeah, but I, I think it's four and I would think it would be weird if Corey's not one of them. I honestly, I obviously know that Darren Sproles is old and he could get injured anytime and he's kind of showed that here, but I don't, it's not like... You know what are you what are you missing out of uh, out of that out of Boston Scott or, or Donnell Pumphrey or Josh Adams? You know you can always bring them back. I'm sure one of those guys is going to be on the street at some point. You well, can bring I would back think Josh Adams hurt. might get picked up by Joe Douglas. That would be one of that the potential sense. like doesn't clear waiver situations. Um, I agree. I don't think they're going to cut Corey Clement. I just find it very hard to believe that he would go from being the focal point of the Super Bowl. Uh, game plan to them being released a year later. Yeah. Right. Like that just seems like a very far fall to have in one year, even though he wasn't great and he got hurt. Um, Would make sense though with our running back discussion though. You know, just in, just in, that's, but that's kind of the way the league, that's why it wouldn't shock me at all to go from one thing to the other. Cause we've seen that with multiple running backs for multiple years. Like, oh, this is the guy for Seattle. Actually, this is the guy for Seattle. Thomas Rawls, right. he's the guy for Seattle. You know, it just goes on and on and on and on. It's the same way. So I, I, yeah, well, I, I think Corey's got to fight for his job though. It's, it's going to yeah. be really tough. Yeah. So, so I think they keep five, though. So I think Wendell Smallwood and Clement both make the team. Okay. And, because, and the reason is, and this leads me to my next question, I don't think there's a number six wide receiver worth keeping on the roster. I think they go with Alshon, Aguilar, Deshaun, JJ, and Matt Collins is the fifth guy. Um, I just don't really see where the player is that's so good they need to keep it uh, they need to keep six. And I also yep. think, obviously, with Ertz and Goddard, they're, based, they're essentially wide receivers – you know, four and five, however you want to rank them behind the top three. So I think only five receivers. I think five is the way to go. I agree with that. Like, unless, uh, although uh, Carlton Agadosi is. Uh, I like him a lot. He's, uh, people are going to fall in love with him, by the way. So, like, get ready for and that. And they should. Yeah. He's, he had, I think, three touchdown catches yeah. uh, in the last practice. He's doing exactly what you want a big receiver to do. I mean, I he would be my sick guy if, if I kept one. I and would, I would keep him over Matt Collins. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think there's an outside shot that Charles Johnson can still make this team, too. I mean, he's just a yeah, vet who's been here that. for a long time. So, yeah. But I still think five is, is the way to go for, for now until we get into some preseason games and whatnot. All right, what about uh, offensive line here? Because this has been well, kind of back Well, real quick forth. at tight ends, it seems pretty easy. Oh, tight just ends, keep the three, bad, yeah. right? Yeah, just, you keep, just the keep the top three. Yeah, Ertz, Goddard, Rogers. Well, that's that, you can make that, an argument for Perkins. That's but. what I was going to say. You could work that in, and that could be your sixth hybrid wide receiver. For you keep four tight ends yeah. and five five wide receivers. I could see that. Well, who would you rather keep then, Josh Perkins or Wendell Smallwood? Uh, <laughs> Wendell Smallwood. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the I wheel, think so too. He but can catch wheel routes. You can and, make the argument. Yeah, you could. Um. All right, offensive line. Uh, I went with 10. This, these, this again, seems pretty straightforward to me. Uh, Jason Peters, Brandon Brooks, Kelsey, Sayamalu, Lane Johnson are your starters. Uh, 
Andre Dillard, obviously not getting cut, top yeah. backup at tackle. Uh, Stefan Wisniewski. A few of the beat reports I was talking to this week were suggesting maybe he's not a lock, but I think he's definitely going to make the team. Yeah, um, if he's not a lock at center, then he's a lock at guards. You know, so it's right. He yeah. can do so many things for the team. I agree. Uh, Vitai, I think makes it. Um, all right, so here's the two questions I have for you. All right, Matt Pryor and Jordan Mailata are either of them locks, and if not, who do you think is more likely to get cut? Jordan Mailata. Um, it's just like I, I know people get mad when you say like it he just doesn't have it right now i'm not blaming jordan for the challenge that this is to learn how to play football because that's what he's doing it's learning how to play football but if you just listen to any of the players in there especially on the offensive line if you listen to lane johnson if you listen to jason kelsey if you listen to all those guys they say the exact same line all the time really nice guy you know, has a lot on his plate. He's just got to keep it going and keep it going. He's it's the moon to him right now, like it is, and and that's unfortunate because we want it to all work out. But even as I I think it's time if if anything to get Jordan uh, in a, in a guard role so he can smash some bodies because like the the I know that it's it's most important to have another tackle to you know develop through here, especially with his athletic skill set, but just. Get him in front of bodies. Like, get his confidence. You can see that his confidence is just kind of out and done. And just like we've said before this week, uh, E, like, there's, I, I don't, I don't see any reason to hold on to Jordan Mailato just by because oh, we spent this time with him, we might make a mistake. You already said it. This is a Super Bowl ready team that is signing Jonathan Cyprian, that is signing, you know, uh, freaking Orlando Scandrick and some of these other veterans right. that are being here. You have to have veterans on this team, and I don't, I don't think Mailato is a part of that discussion. So I kind of agree. I don't think Jordan is still close at all to being able to go into a game. I mean, you see Joe Osman, who's had a good camp, but like Joe Osman is just absolutely schooling him. Um, so I don't think he's that he's ready. That being said, they did draft him with the purpose of knowing this was going to take a long time. Yep. They have invested a lot of time into him. I don't think he'll clear waivers. No, right? he I won't. think someone would pick him up. Um, so I think he does make the team. Uh, Matt Pryor, you think? I think he makes the roster. Yeah, right? so what do, do I. Think? I think he's uh, another okay. versatile guy that can play uh, tackle or guard. So he's another great swing guy to have. Absolutely. Uh, All right. So those would be my ten guys. No, not really any tough cuts there. What are you? Right? We I saying mean, I, Keegan Render from uh, is not a is a tough cut. Yeah, not a tough cut. Not a tough cut because he'll he'll make it through through waivers to yeah, practice. Yeah, but. he will. He will. Uh, all right. Let's go right. do uh, def- defensive ends here. Uh, left left and right. Give them to me. All right, so defensive ends, I have Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Vinny Curry as locks. Uh, Josh Sweat, basically a lock. Uh, and then I have them keeping Joe Osman and putting Sharif Miller on IR with some type of shady injury. Yes. I just don't think Sharif Miller is ready to play in a game. He has not shown anything in training camp so far. I get that he is you know, a fifth-round pick, takes time, all that stuff. Not saying he's a bust. He just doesn't look ready to play. I think Joe Osman is better than him at this point. You're obviously not going to cut Sharif Miller. So I think he seems prime for like a shady IR type of uh, type of role. Yeah, same. I um, I and I said this on draft night too. So I'm not I'm not saying anything different. But the first day three was kind of a was a big disappointment, at least in in my eyes. Yeah. And Sharif was one of those guys where it's not against him. Like he's he was a productive player at Penn State. But, like, there's no defining, I have this pass rushing skill, and I found it very head-scratching that he would be, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, what the Eagles were looking for. Because, you know, you look at the guys that they've drafted before, there's an obvious um, thing with Derek Barnett, there's an obvious thing with Josh Sweat, and then you get to here and you're just going like, okay, just kind of looks like a like a body a, a little bit. And, uh, he, yeah, he's got a long ways to go. I love his build. I, th- You know, it's just... Uh, he, he just all, doesn't stand out. Yeah, at all. At like all. <laughs> you never hear about him, you never see him. Like he's like he's on the roster for sure, but like you would think that a guy that's from Philly, from Penn State, defensive end, they and again, like we talk about the young def- defensive end so much, like Josh Sweat, Joe Osman. I think even Deshaun Hall is ahead of him in terms of guys they would want to put in a game. Yes. Uh so Deshaun Hall maybe maybe makes the roster. I don't I don't really think so, but yeah, so I think Sharif Miller is headed for a, a full season on the IR or a full season of inactives. I don't think you're going to see him play this year. Yeah, um, I agree. Defensive tackle. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Timmy Jernigan, Trayvon Hester, and Hassan Ridgeway. So I have him keeping five 
uh, at defensive tackle and five defensive end. I mean, do you think there's anybody at defensive tackle there you think could could push for a spot? Or I think based on Kevin Wilkins' rookie performance. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, from from uh, apparently last night, which Jalen Mills recorded for all of us, I'm not cutting him yet. So, <laughs> I, I well, put I have it- him on the practice squad. <laughs> I mean, whenever you take your shirt off and jump in the crowd during a performance, I think that shows you definitely at least have some franchise swag. And I'm not giving up on you that's as a prospect. Outstanding! Shout out to uh, Eagles Nation. Who I think uh, ripped that off of the uh, IG. I think they have it pinned on their uh, on the Twitter.com. That's very hilarious. You should go and check that out. Um, and again, like if I remember correctly, Sharif Miller did a Meek Meek song, which like I get you're from Philly, you're playing that up. And even that, I watched it and I was kind of like, this is very <laughs> underwhelming. Like, can't even be like, around for the definitely entertainment. Did not bring the heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I think that's that's pretty much it in for uh, for defensive end and defensive tackle. That may, all of that makes sense to me. Um, I'm still surprised that there hasn't been like another body that they bring in. But maybe that's you know week two after. Uh, I can't believe it. Yeah. We're actually going to have a game to preview next week, and I'm I'm so excited for it. So after that, I wouldn't be surprised if they sign a a veteran defensive end that's just kind of hanging out there in the Orlando Scandrick type of uh, free agents yeah. there. So uh, linebacker I would, I would not would not have it be Connor Barwin. No, but, no, oh, um, man. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. All right, linebacker. Yes, Nigel Bradham, Camus. I think you're going to be your starters. They're going to play like 90 percent of the snaps if they're both healthy. Uh, Nate Gary, L.J. Ford, Zach Brown. I will ask you this. Do you think LJ Fort is a realistic kind of could get cut for a compensatory pick, or do you think he's made this team? Based on I, – I, uh, I think LJ Fort makes it. Honestly, I'm going to say something. I don't think they care about the compensatory picks. I, otherwise, they wouldn't have signed him in the first place. You know? Yep. Like, uh, this is – to worry about a fourth-round pick at this point I think is, is silly, especially if these guys can go in and help you. Obviously, they will get cut if it's not, you know, really good for their play or, you know, they're just not where they're supposed to be or not a, a great fit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I think LJ Fort makes this team, you know, like it's yeah, it, and he's, he's had a really good week of practice and he's cheap, um, you know, he, he was a priority free agent. So I, I think he makes a team, too. Uh, I think they go with five. I was a little bit on the tip of maybe they would cut Zach Brown, but he's starting to get more and more snaps with the second and first team defense. And I think he does provide some depth, but he's so different than the rest of their. Well, maybe he's similar to Nigel in a way, but Camus, Geary, LJ Fort, they're all so athletic and can cover. Uh, Zach Brown and Nigel can't really do either of those things. Nigel certainly not great in coverage. Yeah, is it, um, is it Gary? I thought it was Nate Gary. It's just spelled. Like I don't know. Gary. I say I say Gary, but <laughs> it might be it might be Gary. Cornerback. Um, oh, real quick, I just think Zach Brown is uh, is um, uh, sure. What is uh, Legarrette blunting us from a couple of couple of training camps Maybe. ago? That's, That's a good point. I forgot about the Legarrette Blunt sucks training camp. Yeah, thing. like man, was, this is he's got it. He's got to get out there, man. His spots in jeopardy, and then you know he's like, hey guys, I bet this is my first rodeo. I'll ramp it up now that we've got a week. Week or two yeah. before the season starts. So, yeah, sorry, corners. I think that's a fair take. Yeah. Um, all right, I have them. So my biggest takeaway from this week at training camp is Jalen Mills is starting the season on the pup. I don't. I do not think he's going to be ready for week one. I think he is on the pup currently because they've already basically made the decision, barring some type of catastrophic injuries at corner, that he is going to start at pup. Uh, which means when I go with the corners, I have Darby, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones, Craven LeBlanc, Rasul Douglas, and I think Orlando Skandrick makes it, going with six. Yes. Uh, wait, give me that six again. Give me the back end of that again. Did you mention? Right, so Darby, Maddox, Jones, LeBlanc, Rasul, and Orlando Skandrick. Interesting. Okay. Um, I would say that McKinnon also has the same opportunity that Orlando Skandrick does at this point because they've been playing hmm. – uh, in and out. I think Jared McKinnon has had a really, 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 really strong camp so far. So I, I think it's between those two guys, but I wouldn't fault him for keeping, you know, uh, Skandrick over McKinnon or, or whatever it is. Um, however, I do need to know because I wasn't down there yesterday or two days ago. Uh, can you just reiterate what you were talking about, Sidney Jones? Because I think the people need I, to hear I knew that. that's where this was going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. All right, I'm going to give you your Sidney Jones hype up you want, yeah. and then I'm going to ask you Oh, wait, you a wait, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce it for you. How about this? Me and yeah. Sidney, Sidney <laughs> Jones. Okay, go ahead. That was pretty good. Um, so 
Sidney Jones is officially the breakout star of training camp. I mean, three interceptions in six practices, I guess seven now, but uh, he's been great. I mean, he's made the most of every opportunity. He's been good in coverage. Uh, I actually think he's been so good that he's overshadowed an almost equally as impressive training camp from Rasul, yes. uh, who's had a really nice camp as well. Um, I think those two guys... You know, a lot of teams feel comfortable with them as their starters. So Sydney is well on the way to proving you right. But let me ask you this. Yeah. All right. So I was thinking about this yesterday when I was driving. Carson Wentz did not has not had an outstanding training camp. He certainly has had his moments, but I have him right now with six touchdowns to four interceptions. That's really not something you want to see from a ratio in training camp. Like right, right. four interceptions in training camp is not great. So do you think Sydney is just way better now, or do you think Carson is struggling? Uh, I think it can be both. You know, like this is trying to ramp up, and I'm sure he's doing the same things that he always does, where it's just kind of like you know. Uh, and we don't know what they're working on either. I always, I always right. say that it, maybe it's just maybe it's just at face value, and and he's just you know it's bad. It's been bad so far with these with these uh, training camp performances and. Just so everybody knows, he's not lying. Like everybody else, sees the same thing too. He's he hasn't been uh, great, and that's whatever. I mean, we've seen you know Nate and a bunch of other guys uh, not have great performances either. So I think it's Sydney and Sydney and Rizul improving because he's given them headaches a couple of times now. Um, I think in the red zone drills and where you see those, you have to throw the football. So there's no option of pulling it down or throwing away. You have to throw the football to a wide receiver. That's part of those drills too. Um, so okay. it's it's a it's a mix of everything. I think there's you know, I, I, I'm I mean it's it's nothing to be worried about. Like oh my god, Carson's Carson's gonna have a bad season because he's had a uh, you know uh, three or four like okay to bad training camp sessions, but. I, I think it's a, a mix of both things, honestly. I think this this secondary is what we what we thought it was. And this is something that just kind of reminds you about draft classes in general because there's no way we're, we would be talking about Razul Douglas this way uh, a year ago, you know, mm-hmm. or, or even the last preseason. He really has looked really sharp. And that is – and we everybody knows this is going to happen too. The reason why – uh, oh, and here's the other thing. Here's my other theory on on why this is all happening. The there's no competition for Carson Wentz, right? Like he's not in full game mode. And every time that these corners step on the field, it's a different kind of juice because they yeah. know all of their jobs are on the line, and they're going to go and try and make as many plays as they can, and maybe not necessarily w- with Carson as it goes along. So that's my theory on that. Yeah, I would say it's like. 65 to 70 percent Sidney Jones is playing really good yeah 25 to 30 percent Carson because I mean one of Sidney's interceptions Carson literally threw it right to him in the reds in the end zone (laughs) so Carson has that that's the weird thing about Carson too like this is a larger pitcher but whenever anybody criticizes him people jump people get so defensive about it but like he he's had really good, really, really good practices with lots of really good moments, but there's also no denying he's thrown a lot of interceptions that are head scratchers and he's missed some deep passes. He just has. So I think that part of it could be he's ramping up. Like you said, uh, it's training camp. He has no pressure. Um, Aaron Rodgers has said in the past, like in training camp, he'll throw throws. He would never throw in a game just because yep. he wants to try him. That could certainly be it. But Carson is, you know, kind of not had a super great training camp so far overall. Um, but I do think when I'm really excited to see him against the Ravens to me uh, in that week of practice, that'll be a big yes. indicator of where he's at. Yeah. And that'll then that you should be putting a lot of weight into, you know, especially during the yeah. 11 on 11 drills, even the seven on seven drills. They're all competing out there. It's what makes those things fun. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I I do think that matters, too, by the way. Caring whatever you're doing in in training camp, everybody always says it doesn't matter how you're performing. Doesn't oh, it matter. You absolutely doing. matters. By, by the time you are getting into week two and week three of training camp, if you are not sharp, you're probably not going to be sharp the first couple of weeks of the season. It's well, just, just we've seen look it with at everybody. Carson's career. Yeah, look at Carson's career as a rookie in training camp. He was exactly what he was as a player right. that year. He was lots of potential, lots of rookie mistakes. Grading him on a rookie scale, he was good. 2017, he was fucking unreal in training camp right <laughs> yes, like yeah, he was and then he went out and he was unreal during the season yep. last year missed a lot of time with injury was 
okay when he was out there. And that's what you got last year. So I do think like these next three weeks of how Carson looks will be a big indicator of what he's going to look like in the regular season. Yeah, and a lot of this is still, you know, timing and just normal, natural timing with the guys that have been here before because he's missed with uh, Nelson a couple of times deep. Uh, and then he's trying to figure out where Deshaun's at in his speed, and there's been under and overthrows and things like that. It's just all stuff you got to kind of work out. It would be concerning to me if you're in week three and those things kind of aren't happening. So uh, the just stay tuned for the continued bloodbath of the corners because it's it's fun, man. Like this is this is great. As much as it's going to suck for a lot of those guys who really are working their asses off to make this roster, it's making everybody better. So I'm uh, I don't know. I just I just can't wait to pat myself on the back is what I'm saying because there's a lot of good corners on this team. I know. Uh, uh, I'm excited for Rasul and Sydney to see how they do. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, all right, safeties because we were that's been the main topic of of today i um i mean it's packed now there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of names in there who comes out so all right i had him keeping four mostly because at this point with my roster construction there's only room for four um malcolm and rodney obviously i still think sendejo makes the team like they unless cyprian really comes in and just amazes and even then i think they would keep him but i think sendejo makes it i so I wrote this before they signed Cyprian. I've thought about it since. I still think I would put Blake Countess on the roster on the roster right now over Cyprian. Yep. Like they claimed him off waivers, they redid his deal. You don't just do that to cut the guy. Um, I think Cyprian very well could end up making this roster, but right now he's not on my fifty three. Um, I actually have him keep him five safeties. I think it's. I think your your four safeties that are going to play meaningful snaps on the defense are Jenkins, Sandejo. Uh, and then you have Cyprian coming in there, and well, McLeod and McLeod is is your four, yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, five is gonna be uh, Countess because he's gonna return. He's gonna be on your kick return team, like uh, unless they find somebody else to you know in that role in training camp and in preseason games. I think they end up keeping five safeties, and that's why um, you know f- five five safeties and five wide receivers kind of make sense to me. Uh, that could all change, but I think those those are your five, and uh, they don't want to go through those those issues that they did last year. They just, uh, you yeah. know, I think unfortunately for Trey, because I I always root for Trey because his attitude's always awesome. He's such a great guy in the locker room. He's always like buried into his his iPad the moment the practice is over, and anytime you get a glimpse of him, he's always just kind of you know doing his thing, and he can hit and he can cover and he can do all those things, but. Um, veterans are going to win out over over fringe guys, and uh, I think that's going to be the uh, the theme of this year. And who knows when that stops? Too, I guess when they have to completely rebuild the offensive line and figure that out. But um, right. yeah, I think it's I think it's five safeties. I think it's the guys that they signed. Yeah, I think that could definitely end up being the case for sure. Um, I think Cyprian, as long as he is in a complete disaster health wise and just doesn't look the same guy, I do think. Like I said, he's got like a 65, 70% chance of making this roster. Yes, 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 yes. So that is our first 53. Uh, I can't believe that we are going to have actual football to talk about. Although, you know, I mean, we're, we're only really concerned about the starters and how Carson looks, but there will be uh, there will be plenty to get into. Um, and Monday, again, this time for real, actually on Monday, uh, there will be a large announcement because – it is, it is uh, very, very important that all of you guys pay attention to all four quarters to the, uh, to the preseason game. We'll tell you why. On, uh, on Monday, there is practices to be had in between there. What is the schedule? We got uh, practice on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Is that right? Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so it's basically groups of four from this point on. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, play Thursday off Friday, then they go into the next next stretch of four. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so plenty of uh, camp updates, and uh, keep the uh, reviews coming. You guys are doing a fantastic job. <laughs> so speaking speaking I, of reviews, yes. before we get into them, I, I literally just got this email. Should, oh. should I read it? Oh, it's, please. It's very good. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to read the guy's name just because it feels like if he's going to email me, I should read his name. Okay. So this is from J- Jason Joseph Gold. So shout out to Joseph for sending an email. What's up? Says, says, all right, your takes suck. You're like a more feminine version of Skip Bayless. Just say you hate gingers and you have a biased take on Wentz. Every Go Birds pod, you just repeatedly try to defend your Wentz take. Must suck to have to sit down to pee. Maybe find some pants loose enough to let your balls drop. A concerned fan who thinks you should find a new career. 
LOL. <laughs> so I, I can't. I'm just laughing because I can't believe you read that. Ah, that's yeah. Amazing. Whatever. I mean, you know, it's just you know, it's fine. People are obviously not happy when Wentz doesn't have a good practice. My goodness, so. this is this is. I gotta say, if if ESP says something that four other people say the same exact thing, you're gonna get shit for it. That's just yeah, how it it's goes. Fine. I literally I'm agree with you on saying yes. You shouldn't say that. Carson's a finished product because he's not and enjoy the journey to there. I'm totally on board with you. I don't know why people got upset about that. That's just like, man. I'm just happy Joe's listening. You know, I appreciate <laughs> Joe. Uh, oh, I thought I thought that was a shot at Julio for a second. So, oh uh, no, no, not Julio, Joe. no, yeah, jo- yeah. Joseph Gold. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, okay, well, this is a four star, but it, I, I don't mean to pile on the ESP here, buddy. Man, nah, it's you're all good. A hell of a week. I got a good review. I got a good review lined up. Okay, so if it wasn't for Johnny James, I would I would stop listening because Elliot is trash. No, that's just not true. That's just not yeah. true. I I think trash. There's, I, like there's a. There's just perspective, and I like perspective on uh, on everything. Because guess what? I'm not always right either. Neither is James. We've been wrong plenty yeah, of times on this certainly podcast. Certainly, neither am I. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's one. Uh, so from K- KGH, looking like he could be a very good linebacker from Doug P for president. Uh, rumor has it Camus has looked great this camp. In my opinion, last year he showed sp- spurts of great athleticism and made some big plays. Do you think he's developing into a legit linebacker? Absolutely. I do. He, yeah. yeah. He was one of the guys that had an interception off of uh, Carson in a seven-on-seven drill. Uh, not a great throw from Carson, but a, a very good play from Camus. He jumped up and picked it up out the air. Uh, I kind of think he might – like this is strong, but – he could end up getting more snaps than Nigel this year when you consider the injury things Nigel's dealt with. Mm-hmm. I think they really like Camus. He's had a great camp, so I definitely agree with this guy. Yeah, and uh, Schwartz has pointed him out now twice, uh, unprompted, I believe, and then prompted as well. But, like, he is um, – uh, yeah, he he's he's really good. Like that is that's a hell of a find for. Well, yeah. He was just a UDFA, right? Or like I can't remember how he came on. Yeah, now. he wasn't he a UDFA. He was there either briefly on the Patriots or maybe they had interest or something. I think he has a tie to the Patriots. Yeah, but yeah, he was he was not a draft pick of theirs. Okay, uh, I got another one coming in. Uh, actually, it's a it's another good. Uh, uh, where did I, I lost it already? Oh my goodness! Uh, oh, here well, I got go. I got one. I, I got one. First time ever. I agree with ESP. Darby isn't, go. isn't as good. This come from uh, Mills nine oh three. Hasn't been good since his rookie year with the Eagles and has been trash. Can't name an one wide receiver he's liked that was always hurt. When I think of Darby, I think of him getting hurt every year and getting cooked in the Super Bowl. He isn't good at all. Man, we just don't like players that get hurt. Uh, that's, that's facts. That, that's it's just facts. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, but even if you take the injuries out of it, I do think Ronald Darby's not played at the level. I mean, they gave up a third round pick for him. Like, I yeah. don't think he's been. Uh, he's played at the level many expected. Uh, love the podcast. Barchard sounds like <laughs> Hank Hill trying to sell propane. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, shout out, shout out to Cinch. I, I I make propane and propane products for all of us. Cinch.com, by the way. Uh, promo code GoBirds. You know what? You know what time it is. You know what time, time it is. Right. <laughs> it's propane time. Uh, That's right. Uh, and then there was a uh, there was a oh yeah this is. Uh, from Tim High, who I mentioned last time, and I knew he had a, a really good review in here. This is the last one we'll do, but keep them coming. Uh, you know, on uh, five stars, we'll read anything. Um, a great listen while I'm cleaning my guns or cr- or cutting my grass. Informed opinions on this podcast without condescending uh, elitism. These uh, these guys know it's supposed to be fun. I've listened for a few years now and always loved it. But the addition of LA Shore Parks makes it perfect. I'm always going to take the unpopular position just because attitude is a great balance between John and James' obnoxious optimism, which I absolutely love. The back and forth of ideas and opinions is a great perspective while providing humor. And when John and James start screaming at Elliot for something stupid... Uh, I that, I love that the most. I also sincerely appreciate the everyone uh, the way everyone interacts on social media. It helps us make us feel like we're all in this together and a part of this because it's true. It's it's I'm it's a not, nice review. I we appreciate that, Tim. I'm not I'm not here to be Big J. I I never will be. I've tried and it just it doesn't work, man. Like I remember trying to screw. I've screwed up so many things trying to break stories or whatever like three or four years ago that I was like this is not worth it I'm gonna be wrong a lot of the time uh and you 
I, I don't know. I think you lose a little bit of the fandom in you if you try and turn that way. And I don't. I, it's just not as. It's not as fun. It's not as fun. So you, you can't scream what's going on in the press box. Yeah, so yeah. it's a buzzkill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. Complete buzzkill. I remember the first time I went to uh, the Eagles press box, and I Matt Lombardo was sitting next to me, and it was Carson Wentz's first touchdown to your boy Jordan Matthews. And I just could forget. I forgot where I was, and I just turned to him and I slapped his, you know, shoulder out of just excitement, being like, "Oh my god, did you just see that?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, my bad, dude. Sorry." <laughs> like he's in the middle of typing something. I'm like, "Right, right, right, right. Uh, let's 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 keep it focused here." But no, we appreciate him. We appreciate everybody that hangs out with us because uh, we are we are just you know people talking about birds like this could be you this could be any of you uh on the podcast and we hope that you come out to uh all of our events this year because there's going to be a lot of them uh and uh the main one is starting at sunset social for the jaguars versus the eagles uh week season uh week week season a preseason week two preseason week two it's a rooftop bar the pin tweet on uh the go birds uh twitter page is there we all want you guys to come and hang out the first beer is literally going to be on me uh and we'll enjoy it and just kind of react to uh nick Foles versus carson wentz it's going to be a, a great great time and we'll keep pumping that out too but e any final thoughts as we roll out here no, I'm just uh, I'm excited for the first preseason game. I'm very ready to see this team in uniform, watch them against somebody else. So I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. Uh, I uh, we will be uh, on the uh, on the old radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP tomorrow. So we'll both be down at practice once again. You can come back and, and turn on your dial and listen to all the takes that we have there and have plenty more updates as we go along on Sunday and Monday as well. For Ellen Shore Parks, I'm John Barchard. Thank you for everybody listening to Go Birds number 94 right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds!